the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Christ in you, the hope of glory. If that statement is true, then there should be fruits that you bear on that statement. Hi there. Welcome to today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward will take us back to God's Word as we take a look at Matthew 21 as well as 2 Peter chapter 1. A nation bearing the fruits of Christ in you, the hope of glory. What are the characteristics of fruit? Well, we'll see that uh, there is the fruit of communion with God as well as the fruit of repentance, evangelism, righteousness. It's all straight ahead. Please join us. Here's Pastor Jessica Stand with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Christ and Paul is our what? He's our paradigm. Now, I taught you this years ago. I taught you guys a lot of things, a lot of things. I said that Romans, that, that great anthem of the gospel, never gives you an eye an instruction to do anything from Romans chapter 1 all the way to Romans chapter 6, verse 11. That's six whole chapters where all you hear in the book of Romans is how God is glorious. He's going to save his people and punish rebel sinners. By the time we get to chapter 6, he's talking about our union with Christ in his death. In the same way that you were baptized, you were baptized into his death so that when he rose again, you walk in newness of life with him. He says, now, if that really be true, verse 11, pull verse 11 up. This is the first commandment that was given to the church. Likewise, reckon ye yourselves also to be what? Isn't that what I said? You got to do what? Die. Be dead unto what? Oh, we can get stuck right there. That's a pothole for a lot of us right now. Likewise, reckon ye yourselves to be dead unto sin. Watch this. But alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's an imperative. You know what God is saying? This is how you're supposed to be thinking. Sin no longer has dominion over you because you're dead with Christ. In fact, now what characterizes my life is my union with him. I am alive unto God through Jesus. That should characterize characterize my life. Now, if that's true, then we're going to bear fruit. And here are the 10 characteristics or 10 aspects of fruit that I want to deal with. Number one, in your outline, under our third point, there are 10 characteristics here, and I'm going to run through them quickly because you can develop them in your own time. The first one, the fruit of what? Communion with God. Ladies and gentlemen, please hear this. Nothing takes place of any lasting value or virtue in our life apart from your communion with God. Stay with me now. Listen to me now. You can read your Bible. You can listen to sermons. But if they are not connected to a vital interest in your personal engagement with God, there's nothing that comes out of it. It's merely bodily exercise. At the foundation of all fruit-bearing is an eminently important walk between you and God. 
where in your soul you know you can't live without God. This is what I love about David. He's so candid about it. My soul pants after God, after the living God, like the heart pants after the water brook. Where shall I find God? My point is this. There is no life if your soul is not connected to the soul of the Father, the soul of the Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is John 15. You guys saw it. Verse 4 through 6. Pull it up. I want you to grapple with this. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you what? Now the operative word in verse 4 is what? Abide, 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 abide. Those are imperatives. You know what that means? Christ is saying to you and I, take him serious. Take Christ serious. Don't play games with the Savior. He is your very life. Your being joined to him is the only reason that you breathe spiritual breath that you contemplate anything about heaven, that you have any hope that you are really a participant of the kingdom of God. Can y'all get that? At the foundation of any aspiration for glory, it has to be that you take God utmost serious. Union with Christ is this intense, this imminent, deep, 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 deep. Lord, I have to have you. Lord, I want you. Lord, show me your glory. Lord, fill me with your spirit. Lord, illuminate my mind. Lord, talk to me. Reveal yourself to me. Open up my eyes that I may behold wonderful things out of your law. And not only let me see your word, let your word fill my heart. Let me actually be satisfied with a vital communion with you in my soul so that I know that I am experiencing the grace of God in reality. Does that make sense, y'all? I want to experience grace. And this is eternal life, that they might know you, epigenosis, deeply know you, intimately know you, in a covenant way know you, in the intimacy of a man and woman know you. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I hunger and thirst for the living God. Lord, make yourself a reality to my soul. That is the first and critical fruit that must be born, verse 5, listen to it, verse 5, I am the vine and you are the what? All you doing is hanging out. <laughs> Grace just lets you hang out. That's all you doing is hanging out. What you doing, Pastor? Hanging out. I'm fellowshipping with my God. Here's the assignment that he go, told me to do. He told me to just stand there. Got it? Abide in him. Abide in him. And him in me. And I in him. And the same will do what? Bring forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. One of the key realities of men and women who actually produce good fruit is they take fellowship with God eminently seriously. Do you guys get that? You're not going to find them dilly-dallying all over planet Earth, wasting their time. For them, they redeem the time by a profound and eminently engagement with Christ. It's an upward, vertical, inward, personal, radical engagement of the believer in Christ. And it corresponds to what we learned about marriage, didn't we? The two become what? One. And life 
is born and the aim is fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Point number two, what is the other fruit that you and I want to contemplate? The fruit of what? Repentance. Now, when you are truly born again, believer, listen to me. Now, when you're truly born again, and then only can you repent. Men and women don't repent. Now, what does repentance mean? Change the mind. Change the way you think. Change the way you act. Change the way you govern your life. You can't do it apart from knowing God in Christ. Am I making some sense? How many of y'all ever tried to stop doing something that wasn't right? And it, it lasted for about a week. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? It lasted for about a week. Lord, I'm done with that. <laughs> now, what happened was, you tried to do that without Christ. When you're really born again, the whole of your life is a turning. The whole of your life is a turning. The whole of your life. Not just like, today I'm sorry, I'll come to the altar, I'll cry, crocodile tears, and I'll say, Lord, I ain't going to do it no more. The walk of the believer is a continual turning. Do you understand that? You're constantly turning. You're constantly turning. You're being converted. Luke chapter 3 verse 8. This is what John the Baptist said to the rulers. He said it in Luke 3 8 as they were coming to the baptism. He says, do what? Bring forth therefore fruits worthy of what? Now remember, here it is again, bring the fruits. Don't produce them. Bring the fruits that say you have repented. That say you have changed your mind. That say that you're ready. Now see, this is really a great text for preparing people for the waters of baptism. Because what John said is, it's no use of you getting in the water when your heart really is not right. When you really have not yielded yourself to God. Don't get in the water. You only get in the water when you believe that the water symbolizes the substitutionary work of Christ in your behalf. So that you see God's grace in the water, that the water is your salvation. And that when you come out of, come out of that water, you come out going in another direction of life. Now this is where we have confidence when people are truly born again. Can I say that? When the life changes. Right, because we know only God can grant repentance unto life. When the life is changing, when the life is changing. Now the message I'm preaching today is for you personally. It's not for you to turn your head and look at anybody. This is for you. This is for you to have an outline that helps you be honest with God about where you are. Because see, the only thing that matters is what you really know about yourself and what God really knows about you. It, you and I can lie to everybody else. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. No, you're not. <laughs> Particularly if God says you're not. But see, you got to take that to God because God is the only one that can fix that. The one who tells you you're not good can fix you're not good. This is what we mean by repentance. Bring forth fruits worthy of repentance and begin not to say within yourself, we have Abraham to our father, for I say unto you that God is able to take these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Repentance is critical, ladies and gentlemen. Number three, the fruit of what? Evangelism. When you and I are truly born again and we have entered into this, this wild, wonderful thing called salvation where God becomes a reality in our life and we are just... Aren't we amazed when you think about God and his glory and his goodness? Don't you, don't you say, how could it be that I would know God in his mercy and his grace? And there is so much about God to learn, right? 
And yet God is now obligating you to walk with him in a way that means you got to turn away from things, right? And I don't mind. God, give me the grace to turn because I want to see you more fully. The outcome of my relationship with God ought to naturally lead me to tell men and women about Jesus. The natural outcome of my adoring relationship with God ought to lead me to be ready to tell somebody about Jesus. Is that true? Lord, open the door. Let them ask me how my day is going. I'm going to go, this is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let me tell you about that day. That day is called Jesus Christ. He's the day star that dawns in the heart of every man. Now, of course, I'm making a character, caricature, but here's the shameful thing. Very frequently, we say we have a dynamic with God. But how can you really have this kind of relationship with him and not tell somebody? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? See, you know, that boyfriend, that girlfriend, you're going to tell somebody, aren't you? You're going to tell somebody. And that's my point. That's my point. When you and I get to the point where you are not telling anybody about Jesus for weeks and months, and in some cases years, you probably have divorced him for all intents and purposes. You probably have quit Jesus. You didn't put him over in the corner. You have reduced the person to a piece of paper and a hope that when you get to the doors of glory, you can find, where, where, where my paper at? Where, where my, I remember the day. Here, here my paper is. This is my car. Can I get in? But see, salvation is not signing a piece of subscription saying on this day you repented and came to Jesus. Salvation is a relationship with the true and the living God in the person of Christ every day. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Every single day. And it should bubble up in a joy and a confidence, expectation, and a willingness to tell somebody about the lover of your soul. Y'all follow what I'm saying? I can't wait to tell somebody about the one who loved me and gave himself for me. Ladies and gentlemen, this is important. Listen to John chapter 15, verse 16. Here it is. Jesus says, you have not chosen me. I agree, Lord. I didn't choose you. You chose me. You came and hunted me down. Didn't we learn that God is a seeking God? Doesn't he come after people? Did he come after you? Did God hunt you down in your mess? He comes and gets you. Busts open all your mess and snatches you out and tells you you're mine. Now you're going my way. Right? That's how salvation is. This is what we call the power of the gospel. And nothing can stop God from saving you when he wants to. He'll bust up everything in your life. And when the smoke clears, it ain't nobody but you and Jesus. You looking around and ain't nothing there but you and Christ. This is called the grace of God when he lays his hands on you. And you know what? When it happens, you're happy for it. You're happy for it. You and Jesus, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth what? And that your fruit should what? That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. We know contextually this was the apostles, but it applies to all of us, does it not? We know that God did not save you and I not to tell men and women about Christ. That is the, one of the premier jobs of people that are in love with God. Paul uses it this way in Romans chapter 1 verse 13 through 15. Here it is. Romans 1 13 15. Paul's mind was everywhere he went 
he wanted to see people come to know Christ. Everywhere he went. You want to talk about a man who loved God? Paul loved him. When Paul really saw who Christ was for him, it changed his whole life. Everywhere he went, he told people about Christ. Now, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oft time I purposed unto you, but was purposed to come unto you, but was hindered, that I might have what? Some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. In the mind of Paul, he wanted fruit everywhere for Christ. So he said, I have become all things to all men, if by any means I might win some, I might win some, I might win some. And I am afraid that you and I might not be in love with Christ enough to tell people about Jesus. See, because the only way you can tell somebody who you know naturally don't want to hear it is you got to love the one you talk about. Are you hearing me? You hear me? Very important. So we have the fruit of communion. We have the fruit of repentance. We have the fruit of evangelism. Here's the next one. The fruit of what? Righteousness. Philippians 1, 9 through 11. Pull it up. I want to show you how what Paul says is the natural byproduct of truly being born again is that you have come to know God's righteousness in Christ. You have received that righteousness. That righteousness is the grounds upon which you stand with God. And then that righteousness begins to work itself out in your life. You don't act the same way you did. Watch this. He says, this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in what? Lord, help me. Help me. Because what we know is that the fundamental reason why we never grow is because we don't have a hunger. And so if you don't have a love for the knowledge of God, you can't expect to grow. Paul says, I am praying that your love may abound yet more and more in what? In knowledge and in all judgment. I wish I had time. I don't. Christians are some of the most undiscerning people today. We make bad choices because we are really not as knowledgeable about God's word as we ought to be. And our distance from biblical truth makes our judgment about things suspect. And this is where we get into a lot of trouble because we are not deeply committed to God's Word. And if you and I don't know God's Word, we don't know God's will. And if we don't know God's will, we can't know whether or not a door opening is right or wrong. Do you guys know how many Christians are living like hell thinking they're doing the will of God? And that's because they are not lovers of knowledge nor lovers of judgment. Verse 10, here it is, verse 10. In order that you may approve of the things that are what? Watch this now. When the fruits of righteousness are working in your life, you become sensitive to what's right and what's wrong. And you are now qualified to test a thing, to prove whether or not it is in the category of excellent or scandalous. Did y'all hear what I just said? Right. Remember I showed you how that Gehazi had went out into the field and gathered wild gourds? And when it was put in the pot, the, 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 the um, disciples started eating it, and they cried out what? Death in the pot! Death in the pot! Death in the pot! Beloved, please hear me. There are a lot of Christians who are eating doo-doo. Paul calls it dung. I wish you could handle me just being playing with it. But I know you can't. There are a lot of Christians who live on the excrement of secularism. 
the filth and perversion and excrement of this secular world. That's their diet. They wallow in it. And when you wallow in excrement, guess what you smell like? Now watch this. Hang out with me for a moment. And you wonder why mature, discerning believers who prefer excellence over excrement don't want to even hang out with you. Because spiritually, they pick up on your worldviews and the way you talk and how unbiblical your counsel is and how carnal you are. And they know, you know, I know that track. That track doesn't lead to God's glory. It doesn't lead to his honor. It does not lead there. These are worldly wise people. They are not biblically wise. They're worldly wise. And according to God, all the works of men is dong. It stinks to God. And a lot of Christians are in that camp. Can I, can I be real with it? Right. So when Paul says here that you may approve of the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ, that means you are to build on biblical knowledge in order that you might honor God in your life in ways by which when things come up, you can avoid scandal. You can avoid offense. You can avoid being trapped by the doo-doo that other people wallow in. Am I making it clear? Right. It's important for you to get it because these are the fruits that God is calling us to. Verse 11, here it is. Being filled with the what? Fruits of righteousness, which are by who? See what Paul said? Christ is the one that produces it in you. You can't produce the fruits of righteousness. But in order for the fruits of righteousness to be in you, you got to take God's word serious. You got to take communion and fellowship with God. You got to be dependent upon the grace of God and the spirit of God to work in you what you can't work in yourself. Lord, change my mind. Lord, change my heart. Lord, make your glory supreme in my soul. Lord, you have become the joy of my life. Lord, help me to discern everything that not move, does not move me in a direction direction towards you. Keep me from evil. Keep me from evil. Keep me from evil. Can I keep talking? I'm almost done. Can I keep talking? So we're talking about the communion, the fruit of communion, the fruit of repentance, the fruit of evangelism, the fruit of righteousness, Christ's righteousness affirmed and believed, Christ's righteousness received and experienced, and then Christ's righteousness produced in us and born by us, which is a mark of the kingdom of God. I've said it before, Romans 14, 17 gives us the mark. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Right, when you meet mature believers that are really walking with Jesus, I'm gonna give you a secret. They're happy, even in their mess, even in their mess. I have a ton of troubles in my life all the time, all the time. You don't have time for me to tell you all the stuff going on with me, and I don't want to hear yours. <laughs> Stay with me for a moment. But you're not going to find me with my head cast down. You're not finding Pastor Jesse going, woe is me. Why? Because I prefer by the grace of God to drink from the well of grace, remember where I came from, 
Remember where I'm going. Enjoy my communion with God and give him the glory for me being an object of grace. Studying God's Word that we might show ourselves approved, that we might come to a deeper love and understanding of God's amazing love for us in Jesus Christ. This has been Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. We are always delighted and grateful that you take a few moments to spend with us, that we might, again, study to show ourselves approved. And as we leave you today, we would also leave you with an invitation to join us for worship in person. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Pastor Jessica Stand and Grace Bible Church of Hayward, please consider this a formal invitation to spend Sundays with us. 11 a.m. is the worship service, 10 a.m. if you would like to join us for Sunday school. And don't forget, Friday evenings at 8 p.m., we have enjoyed a marvelous time of studying God's Word with brothers and sisters in Christ from a variety of churches all over the Bay Area. That's at 8 p.m. Friday evenings. For directions and more information, simply stop by our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Or give us a call, 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're looking for a copy of today's program, you can either contact us by phone or mail. Send $5 and we'll get a CD out to you. Or stop by grace-bible.com and download the audio file for free. The address, if you're writing to us, is 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California. 94541 is our zip code. And one final note as we conclude our time together today. We're able to come to you daily here on KFAX because of friendships and partnerships with people such as you who see the value of this ministry. Now, while it is free to listen to, for us, there is a cost, and we are a listener-supported ministry. No matter the size of your gift, it's greatly appreciated. So would you take a moment and pray about it and then contact us with your gift today? 510-886-9782 is our phone number, or write to us, 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.